how does the church do it, meaning all y'all, and then what part do you have to do in it? It's, <laughs> the funny thing about that is, it's all about God, and it was his plan from the beginning, and you are the plan. You may not have realized it, but you are the plan. It's, it's not that complicated, really. It's, it's, it's basically you need to know him, live for him, and then tell others about him. That's the plan. <clears throat> the first part is to know him. That's the most important purpose, is to know him, to know him for him. I think about, often, I think about Adam and Eve in the garden, and I think about what they had, what they lost, and the entire story of the Bible is God restoring that. That's the whole story, is restoring that relationship in the garden. You know, the most poignant verse in that whole story is, it's Genesis 3.8. I don't have it up on the screen, but it basically says this. After Adam and Eve sinned, they were in shame. And the Bible says that God walked in the garden in the cool of the evening. Oh, it chokes me up thinking about it. And he called out for them and they were hiding. Hiding. God wanted relationship. That's it. He wants you to know him for him. That's the whole point. And how do you do that? Part of it is you're doing it. You are here. Part of it is you're watching online. I don't know what camera's live. That one. You're, you're doing it. That's part of it. You know him for him. That's coming to churches. That's, God set this all up. When Jesus said, my church, the, the, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, he intended us, for us to meet together, to learn more about him, to be challenged, to be around other believers. This was part of it. I want to just give you a couple tips, though. You can actually probably get more out of Sunday's experience if you do a couple things that you may be doing already. Some of you are already doing this, but... You can get your head into the game and heart and mind prepared ahead of time. Some of you played sports. I remember coaches saying, hey, get your head in the game. You're, you're, get into this. I'm like, okay. Worship. I'll tell you. I have, to, I have to control my thoughts during worship. Is anybody else like me? I just want you to put yourselves into my shoes for just one minute. Because I'm thinking about everything. Like today, for instance. You notice how many moving parts there were to today? You know how hard it was for me to worship? That's why I went backstage. Because I, I, I thought, if I'm standing out there, I don't know if I can focus on God. And I want to. He wants us to do that. That's what worship is for, is to get your hearts and minds ready. And my mind is everywhere. I'm thinking about everything. I'm thinking about the people I met in the lobby I hadn't met before. I'm, I'm thinking about the sermon. I'm thinking about the Connect Lunch later. I'm thinking about the fact that at Ironman, our men's group that meets Tuesday, we're smoking ribs. And I've got ribs in the freezer to hand out to guys that are going to smoke. Preach is right. <laughs> and I'm, wait a minute, I need to worship. I need to stop all of that, get that under control, and think about Jesus. That's the whole point of worship. You can do that if you do that. I don't want to wait till the second song for my head to be in the right place. There's more to it, though. I, I put the notes on the YouVersion Bible app. If you have that app, I put those notes in there on purpose because they are just yours. I have no idea who accesses that until I make a mistake and they're not there. <laughs> That I hear about it, which is good, but, but it's your chance to dig in deeper because I guarantee you what I cover on a Sunday is just scratching the surface. I know that because when I prepare a sermon, I've got, I mean, don't lie, I'll have like 20 pages and then have to get that down to, you know, six or seven. I do that every week and I know that there's so much more, but you have to want more and to get it yourself. <laughs> Some of you are teachers here. You know how it is. You've got students. You can tell they're eager to learn. And then others, you've got to force them to learn. The difference is with us, my goal, and I hope for you, is to want a relationship with God that is so deep that you can't wait to know more. But it's on you. 
you got to do it. you got to ask the questions. You can... You can do that. We have classes on Sunday mornings and Wednesdays that are places for you to get in and get more out of it. It's, it's up to you. You know, what you feed grows. I already mentioned the Ironman small group, but we have small groups for other areas. We need more of them. But the fact is, it's easy to just drift through your Christian experience and just get what lands on you. You know how that works? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you can do that in life, but it won't be as fulfilled as it could be. You will grow, it's just you're not going to grow as much as you could if you intentionally tried to grow. The fact is, if you invest in personal study beyond what you do here at church, you will grow more. That's how it works. We do this Bible study app, the the YouVersion Bible app, and we, we have one that we're reading as a church, and there's lots of you reading it. And I love how different ones of you share thoughts and ideas. You know, it's it was heartbreaking that Matt Hausman passed away a few weeks ago, a month or so ago. And I mentioned this in his service because he would, he would put on like stuff from commentaries, Bible commentaries on that app. And so many people in the church would say, who is Matt? Because <laughs> they would read what he wrote because he's doing the work. And then they would learn from what his work. And I love that. The church is working together like that. It was a beautiful thing. You can do that. You set aside time to know him like any relationship. If you don't prioritize the relationship, it's not going to grow. Right? Yes? Okay. I, I wrote this down and I'm looking at it. I'm going to say it anyway. You ever thought about, like, are you just Facebook friends with God? Let me tell you what I mean by that. Do any of you guys use Facebook? Any of you young people? I know it's kind of an old person thing now, but it's cool. But so for the rest of you all, I'll be honest with you. What I do once or twice a day, I look at Facebook. But I, so I only see updates from people who who pop up right there on the page, and that's it. I don't scroll through and, like, check everything. Does anybody else do that? So guess what? That's not a good tool for me to keep in contact with friends and family. Do you see why? It just doesn't, that's, I'm just scratching the surface of what what I could do with that, but I just don't have time. I just don't do it that way. I've had people say, hey, did you see my post? And I'm kind of looking, I'm like, maybe? I don't know. I don't want my relationship with God to be like that. I want more than Facebook friends. It needs to be more than that. I want more. So I have to put in the effort. They're friends that I pursue because I want that relationship. And I want that with God more than anything else. The church has a few other tools for you. One of them is called Right Now Media. And it's a subscription that we use as a church And it's an opportunity for you, if you want to be part of that, you can be. Now, I put the link in our in our uh, the the notes in the YouVersion app. But if you want to join that, it's basically Christian Netflix is what it is. It's got hundreds and hundreds of video links, Bible studies. It's got different preachers that you're probably familiar with. It's got kids shows. It's got stuff on apologetics. It's it's phenomenal. How much? It's so much that every time I open it. I just get lost, like, just going through stuff. Let me, let me mention a couple other things really quickly. If you want to grow in this relationship with God, then you need to dig in. You need to know things for your own good, to build your own faith. You need to know what the true faith is. And to do that, you need to be able to grow and dig into it. So you can also defend the true faith. But it doesn't end there. Let me, let me take you to one scripture right here. This is... I, I, 
I don't want anybody to be triggered by this. I did use that word on purpose. You'll see why. Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. He says, we are human. But we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. That's pretty forceful, isn't it? It's, he's using military terms on purpose. They would have seen a lot of military. I mean, Rome was everywhere. The Roman army would have been everywhere. They would have seen strongholds. We don't live like that as much anymore. I know there's times where I might drive by a military installation and think, oh, wow, I guess we do have rockets and planes and tanks. And I don't think of that on a daily basis. But here's the problem with that. We are in a battle. You may not realize it, but we are. And the battle, just like Nick referred to earlier, uh, Pastor Nick did, the battle is for your soul. And it's way more important than whatever battles are happening around this world. Look at how he says this. He uses terms that are, that are really crazy. He says, God's mighty weapons, knock down, destroy false arguments, destroy proud obstacles, capture, and then teach. What's he saying? He's saying that you need to be part of the battle. And you can't do that if you don't know God for who he is. And if you haven't prepared yourself for battle, you won't be able to fight like that. You just won't be. So you might ask, well, how do we do this? What do we do? What does it mean to fight like God instead of the world? Well, the world uses tactics that you know what they are. You see them all the time. They use trickery and deception and gaslighting. And they, they tell you, don't believe what you see with your eyes. This is what the truth is. And you're like, well, no, that's not true. You've, you've reversed what's true. They, they talk about feelings over reason. And they start name calling, which all that does is once you get called a name, it marginalizes you. It's like you can't fight anymore. That's not the way God wants it. What he wants you to do is, he wants you to use your words. I remember uh, volunteering at my kid's elementary school, and there's two kids got in a little scuffle on the playground, and I was out there. And So, you know, my first thing is just to separate them like that. And then one of the teachers came over and said, what do we use? And the little boys, they go, we use our words. I'm like, okay. But that's the way that they try to teach kids, look, you don't use your fists, you use your words. I think as Christians, we need to start using our words. We need to know what that means. The first way you use your words is in prayer. It's the most powerful weapon you have. Now, we live in a world today where I saw it again this week where, where prayer was being mocked by politicians. And I looked at that and I just thought, they don't know God. They just don't know. They don't know that when you pray, you are enlisting the most powerful force that's ever been. The force of God himself. There is nothing more powerful than that. What is also powerful about prayer is when I'm praying about this one thing, I feel like what is happening is God is saying, son, I know about that. I'm working on this in ways that you have no idea. My world is so you know, concrete and just as far as I can see, and he looks way beyond all of that. He's a God just like with Jerry, uh, Jerry and Tracy being going to be pastors at, at Central Assembly and Independence down the street from us. The fact is, God knew all about that. And as we were praying about that, he is already working on who he's going to bring to minister to our kids. You need to be praying about that with me. And when you're dealing with a situation in your life or a situation in this world, the most powerful thing you can do is pray. 
But I understand how that is because I want to see things move and I want to see work happen and I want to see see it with my own eyes. And what God is constantly telling us is there's a world beyond us that you can't see and there's things that I'm working on and people and I'm working in their lives in ways that you could never know. Please be praying. The next thing you can do is express love with your words. Tell people how you feel. The next thing is smile. I know that's not words, but it's used in the same mouth, right? You know how powerful a smile is and disarming? You know how powerful it is? Do you know people who have that resting business face, that RBF thing? You know what I'm talking about? I know people like that, that resting business face. I'm real careful how I say that, but where it just, they look like they're angry. and, And I found that if I smile, it's funny how they'll smile back. It's human nature. It just opens up a door that was closed before. It, it softens everything that comes out afterward. I walk into a room. You know, it could, be a, it could be a quick trip or whatever. I'll walk in and see people and it looks like they're having the worst day ever. And you just smile and say, hey, how you doing? And they just light up. God uses that. It's powerful. I, want, I, I feel like we need to emphasize the fact, though, we've got to share the truth in love. That's actually right out of the Bible. Can we read it together? Paul writing to the church in Ephesians then we will no longer be like immature children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every word of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Have you heard any of those lies in the world today? They're tricky. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. There's a great book. I put the link in your notes if you're following on Instagram, or not Instagram, sorry, on, on uh, the YouVersion Bible app. But there's a great book written by Elisa Childers called Live Your Truth and Other Lives. Other Lies. There's so many lies out there today, and we need the truth. I would encourage you to read that book. It is a phenomenal thing. I want to close today with this. I want you to think about this for a second. The fact is, your purpose is to win the world for Christ. That's your purpose. And as a church, we do that first of all for you to be prepared and then you be ready to tell. I, I was so amazed by all the volunteers that helped out at the, at the rummage sale and I was so encouraged by the stories like I told you about Mary. And I hope at some point for her to be here and you guys all, don't, don't tell her I told the story, but just go up and talk to her, love on her for a minute. What broke my heart about her story is the part where she said that people don't talk to her. And I thought about how many people in life walk through and they're so desperately needing to be noticed and cared about. The thing about the beauty of the church is when the church is operating the way the church should, it's a powerful force. It's a powerful force. And then it occurred to me, well, I know people who've been hurt by the church, our church. I know people who've said, oh, it didn't work like that for me. And you know what it reminded me of? The, you, you students, you might know this, and those of you who are teachers, do you, get, do you guys like group projects? You do? Some of you are saying yes. I know anytime I assigned, I don't know, Mrs. Ferguson, do you, Ms. Lee, do you, your students like them? No. My students hate them. You know why? Because in a group project, what the, what the, the like say I put four kids in a group project, usually there's one who will have to do all the work, right? You ever notice that? And then the other students are like, uh, and then some just, they just let everybody else do the work. And I thought, you know, sadly, that can be a picture of the church sometimes. Because that's not how God intended it. What he intended for is that each one of us 
have a purpose. And when the church is operating the way it should be, then you get stories like Mary's where they no, they're noticed and cared for and supported and loved. Jesus said it like this, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its favor? Can you make it salty again? It can be thrown out and trampled underfoot, underfoot as worthless. He said, you're the light on the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. I'd like you, if you would, for, to shut your eyes with me for a minute. I know that some of you here, you've been here all four weeks and you've thought, God, I'm not sure what my purpose is still. And maybe you were here and, and you, you heard the, the messages that we heard this morning from the Lord where he said, follow me, and where he said, seek me, and I will show you which way to go. So maybe for you today, it's all about your purpose in all of this. Maybe some of you are here today and you thought, if God is real like that and he really does have a purpose for me, then I need a relationship with him and I don't have that today. If that's you, we want to pray with you today. Is there anybody here that maybe you're, you're saying, all this sounds good, but I don't really have a relationship with him and you need to start that today. Anybody like that that we could pray for today? Would you just raise your hand and we could pray with you? Anybody at all? If you just raise your hand and we could recognize that and pray with you. I want to challenge the rest of us in this room today with this. Maybe this whole time you, you just weren't sure the part that you play in God's overall purpose, but you know that you have a purpose. Maybe you need to know what that is and how it could fit. And maybe today as we are talking about you being the salt of the earth and the light of the world and the fact that you as a Christian, you have influence on a world that so desperately needs to know Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity too. Would you just stand with me? Everybody in the room. If you would just stand. We always want to give an opportunity for prayer. And I know there's a lot going on after this service. If you want to go up and meet with Pastor Jerry and, and Tracy, or if you're part of the Connect Lunch, I know you probably feel the pressure, like, oh, I've got to get somewhere. I get it. But I want to give opportunity, too. If you're here and prepared to help pray with people, if you would come on down. Maybe you're here today, and you just feel like, I'm still not sure about the purpose. Maybe you're here today, and as we prayed earlier, maybe you were one of those who had raised your hand, and you just feel maybe a sense that you just need somebody to pray with you, somebody who will encourage you, stand with you. Maybe for you, you, you need physical healing, or maybe there's something going on in your world. You just want a fellow believer in Christ to stand with you. I want to give you a chance to come down and pray with one of these. I want to invite you actually to come now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for everybody. But if you want prayer with one of these, just step out now as I pray. And they would, they would love to pray with you. Let's just go to the Lord right now. Father, I come before you and I thank you, God, that you are a God of purpose. That you made each of us on purpose for a purpose. God, I'm still blown away by the fact that you came 
to have relationship with us and you're, you sent your son to die for us in a way that he could, he could reunite us with you. And I thank you, God, that you have now also included us in that mission, that purpose to seek and save the lost. Father, I pray for those in this room who maybe they don't know what their purpose is, that you would help them to find that purpose, that you would make that super clear to them. I pray for those in this room who, who maybe that they feel like <clears throat> they've been just lost and not sure, God, where you're going with their lives. And I pray, God, that you right now, that as they call out to you and cry out to you, that you would guide them in that and show them what you have for them. Father, I pray for this church and every church around this world that these local expressions of your body, as we endeavor to, to accomplish your purpose, you would help us to do that in a way that is authentic and in a way that changes the world around us, that no one would be the same. God, I pray you help us as we reach this dying world. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. We'll, we'll linger up here for prayer if you want prayer. But God bless you as you head out. Let God use you in a way that blows your mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.